Welcome to City Harbor Church. So glad you could be here this morning. Uh, thank you for coming together. Um, you know, this... Uh, I'd like to... Let's turn to the, the text for the day. Here's, here's our topic today. God speaks through Jesus. God speaks through Jesus. And, and who are we talking about? The Son of God. Yesterday, um, in our reading as a church family, we started the letter, the book of Hebrews. And I'd like to read the first few verses. I'm going to put them on the screen for us today. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. And when He had cleansed us from our sins, He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave Him is greater than their names. God speaks through Jesus, the Son of God. Now I know that over this past year and seven months, we have found new challenges to relationships to being connected, to having a sense of what's going on with the other person, with people that we care about. And we've found fresh challenges to communication. Can you hear me now? <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry, you're still on mute. <laughs> well, let me take my mask off. Like, we, we have... We've found these fresh challenges to communication and to connecting with each other. And, and we don't know how the other person feels, maybe about things that are very highly charged emotionally, or maybe they're not highly charged emotionally from us, but we don't know if they are for the other person. And being connected relationally has found fresh challenges. I don't know if it's okay for me to reach out and just talk about Think maybe I'm not upset about what the rest of the world is upset about, and I don't know if I can talk to my friends. And so we've, we've had these fresh challenges. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right? It's not been easy. Like all these different new things to create insecurity. And, and, and what happens is, is with the distance, with you, here, I'll, I'll hold my breath. My face is still here. <laughs> what happens with the distance is that unreliable thoughts can start to creep in. And a lack of awareness about who the other person is and, and what the nature of our relationship is can start to creep in. And we know that God gave us emotions. God gave us emotions, and yet God revealed through Jeremiah that our emotions can be unreliable. They're helpful, but they're not the driving force. The same can be true about our relationship with God. An insecurity about our relationship with God can start to creep in. A, 
a certain amount of unreliable thoughts and emotions can start to creep in. And when that's happening, it's really important for us to come back to the plain, simple truth to what God has already communicated. Because God loves you. Don't shout me down now. I know you've been watching on a screen. Maybe you haven't. It's okay. I love you. It doesn't matter. We're all here now. Right? <laughs> Come on. You can, you can say that's right. You can talk back to me. Come on. God loves you. He cares about you. These verses and what we're looking at and what we've been on a journey this year, starting on January 1st, to read the New Testament together, synced up together, you know, I grew up as a contrarian, and so as I've seen some of you respond to this in contrarian ways, I just kind of smile because I get it. Like, I never liked being told what to do either. But listen, we've been going through this as a journey together so that this year, no matter what our methods of connection, we can truly be on a spiritual journey together. What's the point? That we would be taking next steps in following Jesus. Because clearly the call in Scripture from God is that we would become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. A part of the big C church, which is all believers, all time, and in local churches gathered with strategic, intentional relationships. Because it's a part of God's purpose, and it is also beneficial to you. I know. I apologize. The heat's not on in the building. That was a mistake. But let me tell you, the heat is on inside of me because God loves you. And no matter what is happening with the events of our world, God is doing something. And we have an opportunity to be a part of it. Now, Pastor Ben, I don't want to read a part of the Bible that's complicated. You know, I, f I feel you. <laughs> I got enough work. But if we are going to grow and not have an eternal childhood of the believer where we never get stronger, where our roots never go down deeper into the love of God, we can just avoid the more complicated sections. But if we want to be changed by letting our roots grow down into the love of Christ, we need to enter into these more complicated sections of Scripture. And so we're reading from yesterday through November 16th, the book of Hebrews together from the New Testament. And it's going to be helpful. I know not everyone is feeling me just yet. Let's talk a little bit Here's, here's what we're going to look at in, in just the simplest form that we see in Hebrews. Who Jesus is, how Jesus brings rest, and how we should respond. Who Jesus is, how Jesus brings rest, and how we should respond. Now, let's talk a little bit about who is writing and to whom and what's going on with them. Let's talk about those two things real quick, okay? So you need to understand something. The earliest copy of this letter that we have today is dated about 100 years after it was written. And from the content of the letter, we believe that it was written somewhere around 35 years after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. 
Some of us in this room are older than 35. I myself am 47, if you're wondering. I remember very clearly certain things that happened when I was 12. Anyone have memories from when you were 12? Some of us not quite yet, right? I remember very clearly some things when I was 12. My skateboard, soccer, lots of things, right? So this letter is written about 35 years after Jesus Christ. Now we know after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we know this in part because of some specific things that are written about the temple and because the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in A.D. 70 by the Romans because of the uprising, a civil unrest of what was happening, the violence that was happening, particularly with certain Jewish cultural leaders, okay? So we know about when it was written. And one thing that is interesting about this is that it's written as an anonymous letter, okay? And what I believe is that it's written as an anonymous letter on purpose, okay? Because there was a great concern about people who were identifying themselves as Christians being put to death. There was a great concern about that. And in particular, Paul, who is one of the possible authors, was being imprisoned and his life was being threatened, okay? Now, there could have been other authors as well, his ministry partner, Luke, Apollos, even Priscilla, right? There's different, there's different possible authors of this, but it's logical, if we take the easiest explanation, that it was written on purpose as an anonymous letter because there was an atmosphere of violence. There was real violence that was going on between different groups of people, all right? So because of the violence, it's written as an anonymous and it's written as an open letter. Are you familiar with the, an open letter, right? Something that's just written to be put out for the public for people to read it. Now, in particular, it's written to followers of Jesus. That was our word for the day. It's written to followers of Jesus who were Jewish, either by birth or cultural association, and who were being pressured to leave the way of following Jesus and return to Jewish cultural traditions as what they relied on for their salvation, for the hope of heaven. They're being pressured to return to various Jewish practices and not rely on the power of Jesus, the grace of Jesus for their salvation. They're being pressured, okay? And so it's, we understand, we have a sense, and we know from history that within the hundred years of this being written, that local churches around the region were using this as a part of what they recognized was inspired by the Holy Spirit, was Scripture, and was good for all believers, not just Jewish believers. So this was a part of the recognized Scripture within a hundred years of when it was written and widely circulated, and that's a much bigger topic, right? And what we see on the screen, to give you a geographic sense of what's going on, it's most likely that this was written in Italy and first and foremost to Jewish Christians who lived in Italy. But I wanted you to get a sense. Most of us know that Rome exists, right? But what you see on the screen is the names of the other churches that you see in the New Testament, Thessalonica, 
Philippi, Corinth, right? Rome, Galatia, the Antioch church that we read about in Acts, and then we have Jerusalem, right? So you have a sense of what's going on. Now let's talk just a little bit more specifically about what's going on for the people to whom the letter is written. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. This letter is written to Jewish followers of Jesus that understood that we are eternal spiritual beings having a temporary natural experience. Come on, somebody, does that help you for this week? Right? You will last forever. Right? Maybe not everything that you see. Maybe not the problems in your physical body, but you will last forever. And they were people who understood that the possessions they had and the experiences they had would someday pass away. These problems, they're temporary. I got 99 problems and not a one will last forever. Come on, son. Are you with me? Are you awake this morning, right? So we have a sense of who's writing, who they're writing it to, and what is going on with them. God speaks through Jesus, the Son of God. That's our text. And so what we're going to do when we look at this, what we're going to do when we look at this is identify what's going on in the letter so that we can have a sense of it. Here's what we see. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he's spoken to us through his son. Who's his son? Jesus Christ, right? God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. Jesus matters. And through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. Everything about Jesus informs us about the one true living God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. That sentence is in there because the leaders of Jewish tradition claimed that their superiority over the teaching of Jesus was because the law of Moses had been delivered through the angels. And the writer of Hebrews is not trying to argue that point, but he's saying, listen, Jesus is greater than the angels. Okay, that's where this specific point is in there. So God speaks through Jesus. God's son. Here's what we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks. Who Jesus is, how Jesus brings rest, how we should respond. Now, over the years, we've had multiple Sundays where we've had different members of the church bring the word on a Sunday morning. And invariably, that's been a part of a process. Every Sunday that we gather, we take very seriously what it is that we're discussing. Because your time is valuable. Hello? 
Your life is valuable. Your life matters, right? Your time is valuable. We take it very seriously. And what we're looking at with this series around Hebrews is something that Ben Farrow, who's a graduate of seminary, who's been a leader in this church for many years, and I have been dialoguing about for several months. For several months, we've been dialoguing about Hebrews. It's one of the books of the Bible that he cares about the most. We've been dialoguing about this. And actually, over these next few Sundays, a bulk of the content that we're going to be looking at, the notes that I'm going to be giving you, which you can always find at cityharborchurch.com messages with the audio, is actually going to be content developed by Ben through this process. Somebody say thank you, Ben Farrell. So what we're looking at, Jesus, the Son of God. Next Sunday, this awesome word study, and it's not about the NBA. Trailblazer. Thank you. I see that hand. Trailblazer, awesome word study. Really excellent, so good. And then our third topic is rest. A really rich, important theme in this letter to the Hebrews, concluding around faithful. Remember who Jesus is and how we respond. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at those topics because it's what we find in Scripture. Now, I like this summary and I find it helpful. If you've been around church folks for a while, maybe you've read your Bible for a while, maybe you've called your Christian for, yourself a Christian for a while, I want you to consider this quote because I think it well sums up an understanding that the book of Hebrews is like an entrance point to the Old Testament. It's a way of helping us understand the lessons that are valuable to each of us today from the Old Testament. That's what Hebrews does. Consider this. The letter points out that Israel's scriptures were always looking ahead to something yet to come. The Old Testament. Always looking ahead to something yet to come. A new covenant. A new type of priesthood. A new altar. A better sacrifice a city to which the present Jerusalem would only be an advanced signpost. We could summarize Hebrews this way. The scriptures had always pointed ahead to something new and better, and it has now arrived in Jesus. How do we respond to this? I want to close with these thoughts, because you know me. I, had, I made a lot of mistakes. I spent a lot of time with people in the streets, but I also grew up in church. And so on a Sunday, you know, I'm always thinking, all right, so what? What do we do now? How do, what, what does this matter today and tomorrow, right? I'm from the West Coast, a very utilitarian approach. How do we respond? Well, number one, receive the love of Jesus. That's how we respond. Jesus himself explained it. God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What a mistake it would be to go to your grave not having received the love of Jesus, not having entered into a relationship with the one true living God through grace, not based on your actions and how your week was and how you did this week, but based on the grace found in Jesus. That should have received a more excited response, particularly for some people who think they are pretty mature in this. Receive the love of Jesus. Now that includes repentance. I confess where I've been wrong and I make a change in my behavior. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. We just read this last week. But what? Power, love, and a sound mind. 
meaning God gives me an ability to control my thoughts. Right? Become a follower of Jesus. Number two. Right? So number one, receive the love of Jesus. Number two, become a follower of Jesus. Right now, I want to pray. I'd like for you to just, as a, a sign that spiritually you're with me in this, I'd like for you to close your eyes. I want to give you an opportunity right now. If it's for the first time, or maybe you're sensing you need to come back. The Holy Spirit's talking to you. Something needs to change. If you're here in this place, and you know that you need to receive the love of Jesus, confess where you've been wrong, ask for forgiveness, make a change, make a fresh commitment to live in love with God, I want to pray for you. And kind of in summary of these beliefs, I want to lead you in a prayer. You feel free to repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I turn away from the past and I turn to you. Thank you. God, I just pray for every person that's made a decision today. Would you meet them? Would you lead them? Would you help them to sense your clear direction? In Jesus' name, amen. You made that decision today. We want to give you a gift, a purple book, a Bible. We want to make available to you relationship with people that can walk alongside you and help you in this life. We are better together. We want to make sure that we understand what it is that we really believe and why we believe it. Does that sound good? Okay, so we've seen our first two responses. Number three, I would invite you to join in the reading. We've got it on our website, cityharborchurch.com, and also you can see there and you can receive by email a daily post from me with some comments about the daily reading. It comes out every day, okay? Started yesterday, going through November 16th to read the book of Hebrews. We don't think you should be on this all on your own, right? We want to be helpful. We want to go through it together. Join in the reading. Number four, as you're reading the scripture, listen for God's perspective. Okay? It's really important that we don't read the scripture and only have our own prejudice involved. It's really important that we, with prayer and with humility, read the scripture and listen for God's perspective. Jesus said he asked the Father to send the Holy Spirit that would be our constant guide. We want to be listening to the Holy Spirit because Jesus talked about regularly, he talked about two things together. Mercy and truth. Spirit and word. We want to be people who live by the Spirit and by the word. By mercy and by truth. This is how we do it. We engage the activity of the Holy Spirit as we read the Scripture. This is really helpful. You say, man, we're reading the Bible. It's been terrible for me before. It's been dry. It's been difficult. I don't want to do it. Maybe it's because you've been doing it wrong. One of my favorite YouTube series. You're doing it wrong. Okay, that's not doesn't have language that's safe for all audiences. But listen, 
we need to engage God the Holy Spirit as we read the Scripture. Then there'll be life to it. Listen for God's perspective and your response. Rebecca and I have started the conversations with all of you who received prophetic ministry this, over the summer. One of the things that's so important when you listen to a prophetic word is listen specifically, what does God say he will do? And what is God saying you should do? Because sometimes we can just listen to a word with guilt. All right, we'll talk more about that later. Listen for God's perspective and your response. There's a distinction. God is the one who does the heavy lifting. God chooses us to give us grace, to give us an ability to respond. Pastor Ben, that's good. Number five, participate in the discussions every, every Thursday night on Zoom. Every Thursday night, 7 o'clock on Zoom. I know that life has been tough, and some of us are just barely kind of trying to hang in there. We're doing homework, we're eating dinner, we're doing other things. I want to encourage you to engage in the discussion. Church is not event attendance. Event attendance does not make you a follower of Jesus. Being here should help you be a follower of Jesus. Hello? But it's personal. If it matters to you, what's going on between you and God makes a difference. So, engage in the discussions. That's how, look, there, no conversation between two humans is going to be perfect. But we got to be doing this together. We're better together. Participate in the discussions. And then number six, bring someone along. Bring someone along. I'm so glad every time I see one of you bringing someone on a Sunday. I invited somebody new to church this week. Did you? Come on, we bring somebody along in the process. So we're going to be looking at this this week through November 16th. God speaks through Jesus, God's Son. I'd like to close this in prayer. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody in this room, God has put somebody in your life that you know needs this kind of life-giving relationship with God. Who is it? Who is that person? You give the Holy Spirit a moment. Who is that person? Think about that person. As I close in prayer, I want you to pray. I want you to ask God for wisdom, creativity, and courage in how you're going to relate to them this week and how you're going to introduce them to what Jesus has done in your life. Because that's an essential ingredient in what we see in Scripture and history that followers of Jesus did. Let's pray. Thank you, Yahweh, one true living God, Abba Father in heaven. We believe that you are strong when we are weak. We believe that you are overflowing with love when we have run out. We believe you are who you said you are. You've forgiven thousands of generations. Your love is faithful and patient and kind. 
That you know exactly what's going on in our lives. You know exactly who we are when others don't. And you love us completely. We thank you that that is who you are. Lord, forgive us for where we've been wrong. Help us, Lord, as we respond to this message today, as we think about the people you've put in our lives that you want us to share with. Please give us courage, creativity, compassion. Help us, Lord, to respond to you faithfully. Thank you, God, for this church family. Thank you for the opportunities you've given to us today. Thank you for the blessing, the sunshine on the day, and the opportunity to live. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Rebecca and I are so glad we get to share life with you. Seriously, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this church family. We are going to be here next Sunday and the Sunday after that. Come on. Weekly, every week we're going to be here. We're going to find new ways of going about things and doing things together. Thank you for being here. Feel free to just go ahead and stand right now. Look for somebody around the room that you want to greet, that you want to say hi to, that you want to appreciate. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.